Stir up, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people, that bringing forth in abundance the fruit of good works, they may be abundantly rewarded when our Savior Jesus Christ comes to restore all things, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. You can be seated as we continue with the readings. reading from Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, and you shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So that shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the book wait, A reading from the book of Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is Against such things there is no law. 24, and those belong to Christ Jesus have, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and he blessed them and laying his hands on them. The gospel of the Lord. Hi. Can I pray first and then we sit down or do we sit down and then we pray? We're just connecting everyone to their families. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the gift of generations, those that have come before us and those that are gathered here in your wisdom for this moment and time. We praise you that your truth and hope is for a thousand generations. Amen. You can be seated. In many ways, I hope our values at Church of the Cross are obvious. These are the charisms that God calls us to in this particular time and place, but maybe today they are the most obvious. In a series 
this fall of our values, we've landed on our annual Blessing of Children's service to highlight the value of the Blessing of Children. Let me read from our website. Children are full members of our community. They richly bless us with their presence, and we seek to bless them through intentional investment in our life together. To expand further, this value goes two ways. The children bless us every week, today in particular, and also we as adults live out this value by blessing the children in return. The whole congregation takes vows at baptism to teach and train up our church's children that they would know Jesus, grow in their love for him, and learn to show Jesus to others. This is not just the work of parents and kids leaders, but something we all participate in as we pray for this generation and model Christ-like ways. When, like today, I introduce our children as a full member ministry, I like to call attention to a little word people put in the middle. We say around here, ministry with children, of course not at children, or to or even for children. With children, we gather as the body, in the presence of the Spirit, engaging the living Word of God all over this building on a Sunday morning, and all are blessed. This is our DNA, a value here from the very beginning, and it is part of the DNA we have passed to the churches that we have planted. At a recent meeting of children's leaders just last week, my dear friend Sonia Keeler from Redeemer said, when I teach godly play, I feel like I have a front row seat to what God is doing in our body. This resonated with all of us who gathered. As we live out ministry with children, we are not waiting for these children to grow up. We know that is all too fleeting. They are here by God's grace in this moment on purpose as children. And in their short time as our youngest members, the gospel reads, to such belongs the kingdom of God. We welcome them to be baptized, to serve, and we anticipate the movement of the Holy Spirit in and through each. They have something very important to teach us. For whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And so we ask, what does it mean? to receive the kingdom like a child. I will briefly share from my front row seat. Our children's, churches, our church's children are eager, engaged, reverent, inquisitive, joyful, and so much more. Most of all, I see their yes to what we offer, hearts inclined to the ways of God that we share in the classrooms and in the sanctuary. In this way, they demonstrate two big spiritual principles that show us how to enter the kingdom of God, being present and receiving. They are learning to pay attention and show us the way. It doesn't need to be complicated. In the first six weeks of Godly Play, our Godly Play classroom, we focus on getting ready, being present. I repeat to the children some lines from our curriculum. When we are in the worship center, we are with God, his people, his word. We need to get a way to get ready, to be in such a special place. We need to get our bodies ready and also our hearts ready. You don't need anyone to tell you to be quiet. Quietness comes from inside you and you can get ready all by yourself. You can be quiet all by yourself. Then hearts open, they receive. 
the story, the wondering questions, the response, and finally, the blessing at the door. We leave all fold up. Let's consider more about that phrase, like a child. It seems to me from the Bible that there are two very significant human relationships that help us understand our relationship with God. The first is marriage. The Bible begins and ends with a marriage, but that is a different sermon for a different day. And the secondly is that of parent and child. God is our eternal father, and as our scriptures tell us, notably in the book of 1 John, that we are children of God. This is not just good news for children and their parents. The blessing of children touches us all. Though I do like to imagine the effort it took parents to help their children to come near to Jesus in the gospel reading. Wiggly, giggly, messy, and I bet there was never a dull moment, much as it is today. This is good news for all of us. I tell people, the blessing of children has changed my life. This may seem obvious. It has become a, my vocation as your pastor of children and families. And also my three children have grown up and know Church of the Cross as home. And it may sound dramatic perhaps, but it is true. In short, the blessing of children has changed my life because it is the story of the incarnation. God who spoke his, the word in the universe into existence, not just in black and white, as Andine noted last week, but in vibrant color, shades, and textures, came as a baby and blessed the world. It is mystery of mystery and wonder of wonder, embodied Emmanuel. This mystery, today on our liturgical horizon, Advent is around the corner, is a lifetime of Christmas reflections teaching us like our children do each week that our God is not offended by our need, our dependency, our myriad of questions, our process, our mess, our vulnerability, our humanity. There's a phrase in our vernacular, practice what you preach. And I have had such an opportunity this week. Over the last week, I have navigated some back pain that by Tuesday had Matt helping me put my socks on. And on Wednesday, my mom drove me around town so as not to aggravate the issues. My confession would be, if I'm honest, that other people's humanity, it does offend me. And I don't like messes. And the truth is, my humanity <laughs> offends me a very great deal. But I have gotten to witness God's great love this week in ways I never would have done otherwise. Literally, people were picking things up off the floor for me. My mat did the groceries and tucked me into bed each night, and Toby cooked dinner on Thursday, and Bennett was even more affectionate than ever with extra hugs for my heart. The day I spent with my mom was a day we had not had for over a year in my memory, just visiting and chatting and eating lunch together. And the day, um, and I could go on and on. This service was brought to you by, of course, our children and the many adults that are shepherding them, the children's leadership team, parents, and others. I hear echoes from our scriptures. My power is made perfect in weakness. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. Our gospel of a God who humbled himself and took on flesh of a baby to demonstrate his great love for us as the best of fathers is coming near to us, not when we are all grown up and put together or when we all get along, but when we are hurting 
and cry out, and we come close to snuggle up or just stop by for a chat. The gospel is not diminished because we need it. I need it. And you see, I don't take a piece of the gospel in my need that makes it any less for you. But because I have tasted of the goodness, I can offer it confidently to each of you. And this, as you know, dear Church of the Cross, changes lives. It has changed mine and continues to do so. I can come each week to be present and ready to receive with each of you, my fellow children of God. The blessing of children has always been a value at Church of the Cross, and I'm eager to witness as our littles grow, because they do, and to go out that they would know what it is to be blessed, and they would in turn bless others greatly, because they already are. Thank you, children, for your part in this morning's service. We are so glad you are in our church body. Sarah is now going to share a testimony of this year, a year in which she and her family said yes to a very special invitation to live out the blessing of children, to follow our Savior and put on flesh. I focused on our Mark reading, but I think you'll hear in Sarah's sharing about our prayer theme for this year, the fruit of the Spirit, and she will share about the famous blessings from Numbers that was just read. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> My name is Sarah Hoffner. I am the preschool coordinator here at Church of the Cross. And <laughs> thank you. In, <laughs> in preschool, after we have been sitting for a bit listening to a story, we stand up and get our wiggles out. And I think it might be a good idea for us to do that now. So let's everybody stand up. We'll do a quick stretch. So let's reach up to the ceiling, touch your toes or your knees, whatever's easier, whatever's accessible. Oh, take a big, deep breath. Oh, and then we'll sit back down. <clears throat> now it's time to get ready again. And we have a special way of doing that in our preschool class. Our friend and mentor, Miss Liz, wrote this song many years ago to help us know how to get our bodies ready. Because we know that when we get our bodies ready, it helps get our minds and our hearts ready to listen to God's story. So, boys and girls, will you please help me lead the grown-ups in our Get Ready song? I'm going to need some help. Ready? Okay. My legs are crossed, my hands rest here. I'm quiet so that I can hear. My eyes are watching carefully. I wonder what God has for me. Thank you. <clears throat> for months now, since March, in fact, during Prayers of the People, you may have heard prayers offered for baby Vlad. First of all, I want to thank you so very much for joining us in those prayers for his healing and well-being. Praise God, he is completely healed and doing wonderfully. So wonderfully, in fact, that he started crawling a couple weeks ago, and we are racing to baby-proof our house. But to back up just a bit, some of you might be wondering who this baby Vlad is and why are we taking care of him? We are a host family through Together for Good, which many of you know is a ministry COTC supports that works to come alongside vulnerable families and connect them to local churches. This can involve helping isolated parents by hosting their kids. 
And back in February, I got a phone call from one of their social workers asking if we would be open to hosting a newborn whose mom is in prison. The baby was due any day, so we needed to make a decision quickly. As I prayed about it, God reminded me of the time when Jesus fed the 5,000, which I'm sure you all remember the story, when the disciples told Jesus to make all the people go home because it was dinner time, Jesus simply said, you give them something to eat. They must have looked at him like he was crazy because there were so many people. And they basically said just that. How are we supposed to feed all these people? Jesus said, well, what do you have? And remember, there was a little boy who offered his lunch, a cup of fish and some bread. So that's all they had. And they gave it to Jesus. Then Jesus took that small amount and he fed the whole crowd. He multiplied over and over and over again the meager offering they brought to him. As we prayed about hosting this baby, I felt strongly that God was telling me saying yes was like the boy's lunch, a small offering that Jesus would multiply beyond what we could imagine. And that is exactly what has happened. God has provided abundantly over and over and over again for us, for Vlad, for Vlad's mom. It has been beautiful to see. And all of you have been a part of that yes, and we are truly grateful. Having Vlad has brought so much joy, not just to our family, but to our friends, our church family, our school community. And I have seen the fruit of the Spirit all around because he is in our lives. A huge amount of love, patience, kindness, goodness, tender gentleness, selfless service, and an overflowing of generosity. We need children, and they need all of us, even if, and maybe especially if, they're not in our homes or families. You probably have all heard the data around how important it is for kids to have adults in their lives outside their parents who they trust and can rely on. That's us, family of God. We want to be that for these children in our midst. And it is a mutual blessing, a circuit that goes both ways. As we give, we also receive. And as children receive, they also give. We are brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Now let's turn to the Old Testament passage. The priestly blessing from number six is familiar to many of us, I'm sure, and for good reason. It's a beautiful benediction and statement of God's blessing on his people. For years now, my husband David has prayed these verses from number six over our kids as he says goodnight. I confess, most nights I don't think much about the words, but recently I was struck by the word keep. The Lord bless you and keep you. What does that mean? I am out of my league here, but from what I understand, this is the Hebrew word shamar, and it means to watch, to guard, and to protect, to take care of. That is incredibly comforting to me. I know I cannot perfectly keep, protect, or take care of any of my kids, and it is particularly apparent that I cannot keep Vlad in any sense of the word beyond the next couple months while he is still with us. But of course we know who can. God will keep him always, and his keeping is perfect. I love this translation of Psalm 139.5. You are all around me, behind me and in front of me. You hold me safe in your hand. This promise <clears throat> has been especially helpful for me this year. We are at an interesting point in our parenting journey, recently launching our oldest to college, while at the same time hosting an infant in our home. 
Both situations have reminded me of the finitude of different seasons and our own limits as parents. I am reminded over and over and over again that these children are not ours. They are God's, and we have the gift of them for only a little while, whether that season is eight months or 18 years. Those seasons can be sweet and also very hard. But as we pour into the children he has entrusted us with, we tap into something of the Father's heart for all of us, his keeping. We are closer to God our Father for the care we offer to these, the smallest members of our body. I am learning how as I rest in God's provision and protection, his perfect keeping, I am able to live in peace, trusting that his Father's heart is always for us and for all of the children, big and small, in our care. As we trust in God's watchful care and his perfect keeping, we have a powerful role to play, prayer. As we pray, God is working mightily. We are invited into that work, and it is a privilege and a gift to be able to pray for all of our kids. I believe it is absolutely the most important thing we can do for children. As I mentioned, we sent our oldest to college this past August. And as some of you know, part of his freshman orientation experience was a trip to the Superior Hiking Trail. So when we said goodbye to him, we knew we would not hear from him again for about 10 days. It was profoundly comforting and also beautifully freeing to know that all I could do for him was pray. And during that time, I had the amazing knowledge that God was holding him, watching over him, keeping him. I felt God saying, it's okay, I've got him. And that's true always, not just when our kids are away from us, but right now too. When they're young and small and dependent on us, and as they grow and branch off and make their own way, God's got them. His blessing and keeping is perfect and trustworthy. It is beyond anything we can ask or imagine. Will you join me in prayer? <sighs> Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your perfect keeping. And we commit ourselves and our children to your perfect care, your watchful provision, in your eternal love. Amen. All right, everyone, please stand.